you for sending this, Miss Boyne, you know, but this wasn't due until tonight. Does it always work? Fuck no. That was a weak ass handshake. Emma. Yeah, I know. I I'm really scared to and it's but it's because my hand's a bit clammy. Sadly. <laughs> I am fucking Monica. Jeez. Not proud of that one. I'm- Hello and welcome back to Room 205. If you are new here, welcome. Charlotte is back with us this week. Charlotte, how are you doing? I'm doing good, thanks, Em. How are you doing? I've been, I've been all right. I think recently it's been, life's been a lot. Have you been surviving without me being here? Uh, barely, just barely, you know. I feel like I get by when I when you're not here, but I find myself talking to Jasper a lot more than I usually do. So you know what? I think that's totally fair. I I go away for quite some time at periods, and if I went, if you went away for as long as I go away at those periods, I think I would also be talking to Jasper. But I think I do that regularly as well. I know. I think Jasper's just a staple, and and I think like having those chats is so nice, even when you don't have someone to actually say anything back to. Sometimes you don't want someone to say anything back to you, though. Like I don't know. That's how I feel, at least. I don't know how you feel about that. I'm just like, everyone, shut up. I just like want to be in my own thoughts and expressing that to a bunny who doesn't respond to is actually quite soothing at times yeah exactly i think though it's it's sometimes we were we were just kind of this is the episode today we wanted to talk about the thoughts that keep us up at night when we are alone and when we sometimes we can't deal with those thoughts on our own or we have to deal with those thoughts on our own and I don't even think it's just that i think it's just the general thoughts that keep us up at night like holy fuck, sometimes they're scared did you know so I was searching this up. It takes the average person 10 to 20 minutes to fall asleep at night. No way. Like, firstly, I don't know who's falling asleep in 10 to 20 minutes. It takes me way longer than that. At least an hour to two hours, if not more. Okay, that's not healthy, though. That's... Like, that's that's anxiety-induced sleep insomnia. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Short answer. Yes. yes. <laughs> that is exactly Are what Are you on is. your phone during that time, though? Uh, no, not necessarily. I feel like I turn it off, and then, like, I had such a weird transition of sleeping last night. I felt like I was kind of like, you know when you feel like you're awake and you're doing stuff, and then you actually realize, like, something actually wakes you up, and you realize you were, like, half in between a dream and half in between sleep? Is that almost like... You know those moments where you're running in your dream and then you trip over a rock and it like jolts you up and you realize that you were awake the entire time because you're fully conscious of what just happened. Yeah. And then you're like, oh shit, that was a dream. I always have the the falling dreams and I land on the ground and that's when I wake up. Those ones just terrify me. That's And I feel like that's within your first 20 minutes of going to sleep too. That's why that first like 10 to 20 minutes it takes to fall asleep on average. Bullshit. Like bullshit. But that's like your, what's it called? There's deep sleep and then there's... There's your, um, you get into your REM cycle. REM, REM cycle. cycle. That would be what it is. Learning yeah. how to actually control that would be so beneficial because you can. You can, but like to be able to control it, 
I think part of it is you need to actually fully invest in it. And that's you need a full eight hours of sleep at night, which A, for any university student, who the fuck's getting that? And B, just in general, I think that's pretty hard to achieve a consistent eight hours all the time. Um, maybe somebody out there is going to be like, are you crazy? No, I sleep eight hours every night. I think that's near impossible, at least for myself. I definitely have eye bags that have started reaching like the inner circles of my, like just my eyelid. They're on top of my eyelid now and not just under my, under my eye. And I feel like they're growing and, and you know, like, it's like, yeah, sleep. Who is she? I can't remember the last time I actually got a full night's sleep without just laying there or like being asleep and just having some crazy thing going on in my brain there's always going to be that one little tick that keeps me up all night that like i'll wake up during the night so you remember a couple weeks ago before reading break we both were just having like a mental breakdown day with school i don't know what was happening but the day was just not going well So we were like, hey, we're going to get to bed early and like we'll wake up early in the morning. So we went to bed around like 10 p.m. I woke up at midnight, was up from midnight onwards, started doing homework at 4 a.m., texted you at 5 a.m. You came into my room. We did another three hours of work. Then we proceeded to go get McDonald's breakfast, um, read an eight pack of Red Bulls and continued to do work before our classes that started at 8.30. And I feel like I look back on that moment, even though it was only a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, how did we literally, like two hours of sleep? I had two hours of sleep that day. I know, I went to bed around one too. So it was like, it was like both of us were just, it, it was one of those moments where you could see, you know, how it's like a downhill spiral from the start and you feel so awake at 5 a.m. You feel so awake, so alive. Uh, you know, we were driving around, we were blasting music and then you crash and then you just, you know. Well, I couldn't stop thinking about like, the only thing that kept me up from literally 12 o'clock onward was the thought of like my two impending due dates and the fact that I had to get that work done And like really what I needed though was to sleep. But every time I closed my eyes, all I could think about was the answer to this question or the edit that I had to do for this piece. And I literally would be like verbalizing the answers in my sleep to myself. I have such a funny story because I remember one time in a dream, I like realized that I had a homework assignment due and I completely forgot to submit it. I remember this. I woke up. At like 3 or 4 a.m., emailed the prof. You can tell it was at 3 or 4 a.m., you know, timestamp, but also just the way it was typed was completely illegible. And so, you know, I, I sent it to him. He sends me, like, you know, the next morning. He's like, thank you for sending this, Miss Boyne, you know, but this wasn't due until tonight, but thank you anyways. <laughs> so, you know, just me waking up in the middle of the night, I feel like that's definitely one of those things that lingers in the back of your brain so subconsciously. I think it's hard not to have that happen while you're in school and you have due dates and stuff, but I think it even happens when you're just like in your general day to day. Like when I used to work at a restaurant, I would stay up all night. And I think I've talked about this before. Like I'd stay up all night being like, did this person get their ketchup? Did this person get the refill on their Coke? Like, blah, 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 blah. 
all of this stuff, it just like kept me up at night. I constantly thought I was working. My dreams were me at work. How unfortunate is that, that you spend X percentage of your time slash your life doing a job or an activity like school, whatever it may be, and then you sleep about it and you get sleep anxiety about it because you don't want to go to sleep because you're just anxious about it all. And then you dream about it in your sleep. Like that's some sort of next level torture, I swear to God. It was really interesting. Actually, I was I was listening to this CBC podcast when I was driving because my Bluetooth was not connecting. So, you know, had to reach, old radio. reach some other options. And um, yeah, it was it was talking about how we're like in the Canadian workplace. People are hoping to implement the don't answer your emails or phones after 5 p.m. And it's a law or they're hoping to make it a law because, you know, so many people spend their entire life as their job. And and so putting that into workers' mindsets that they can have that mental health break and go see their family or they can, you know, go to sleep and not have to stress about the fact that they have an email coming in and they have to answer right away because, you know, I they don't work at that such, hour. That's such an important, like law to potentially pass because i feel like so many people in canada my sister who lives in australia like we've talked about this before she's like i'll still get emails past x period but because i'm offline there's no expectation that i'm supposed to answer them when is whereas when she lived in canada she had every expectation to answer a 9 p.m email and it's like well shit, it's a wednesday night you could be out having half a bottle of wine and like not be anywhere close to your email or capable of responding to an email at that time in your state. So like why it's an expectation that we have here in Canada, I don't understand. But like that I think would be so beneficial to the mental health of so many people. The burnout is real, man. And I think <laughs> that sounds so the burnout's real, man, but it it's is. So and it's so funny. I talked to so many people and I'm just like, wow. I'm not doing great. And they're like, you know what? Me too. And it, it's just crazy to see how many people are struggling with their mental health and like how it's almost, how would you say that? I don't want to say it's a pandemic or like, but it's just like so many people right now are just not doing well and we're not able to kind of talk about it. And, you know, I think the pandemic has had like so many impacts on people's mental health. I actually would disagree with that. I think that though, we're like society in general is getting to a place where we do heighten the conversations regarding mental health quite a bit and we're really trying to promote them i think sometimes though they just get overshadowed by like i almost want to say like mental health conversations versus like constructive mental health conversations because like i feel like when i want to talk to my family about what i'm going through or when I want to talk to somebody about like the amount of stress I'm under, it always comes in one of those like mental breakdown days. And like, though that conversation is needed, I also need to be able to have those conversations when I'm not having a mental breakdown day so I can better articulate myself to those people who like sometimes, cause my family I think struggles still when I want to talk about my mental health and be open with it. And so like those days, I need to be super articulate to them when I speak about it, right? Um, so I think that's a huge difference. But I do think the conversation is opening up quite a bit. 
Right. Anyways, so like I think that it becomes really difficult when we don't know how to approach people and we can't navigate being able to address the root of the conversation before the problem occurs, if that makes sense. And and I think people get scared to be like, hey, something bothers me, whether it's to do with their own feelings or something about something else. And it's okay sometimes to just be like, hey, this is something that's not great and stuff and just approaching it before it becomes a problem rather than like, you know, sitting and like letting it fester like a wound. I think the difficulty too in that is like making sure it's the right people that you are having those conversations with because there are ones who will help you and there are ones who won't help you. And there are days where like the friend who will help you can't help you that day and vice versa, right? And so those conversations can be difficult to navigate, but they're definitely important to not experiencing the anxiety, sleep, insomnia that keeps you up for hours at night. I don't know about you, but I just sit there and like I stare at my ceiling sometimes and I'm like, I have this to do. I have that to do. I'm like, you know me. I block out my days in 15 minute intervals sometimes. Like, How do you do that? See, that's so funny because that would stress me out looking at the 15 minute intervals. And it's interesting how our brains work differently about that because mine's so stressed because I feel like if I miss something, like I'm screwing myself over for my de-stress time. And I think that de-stress time is also such an important element to <clears throat> mitigating set anxiety, sleep, insomnia. Does it always work? Fuck no. I feel like my procrastination would equal my rest. Oh, I feel like my procrastination would equal my rest time, you know, but I spend so much time stressing and procrastinating that it just, I don't have the time to actually de-stress when it could be my procrastination time. My, like my stress manifests itself completely in procrastination. What, how do you, what's your number one way of procrastinating? Oh, my phone. Easily. TikTok, a hundred percent. You, you know what you need to do? Hmm. You need to get one of those apps that literally locks you out of set apps while like during a certain time period where you can set it. I know. So that it locks you out. I feel like that would be beneficial. My brother, he has that on his phone, but he ignores it every time. Okay, let's download that shit right now. No, like, I'm so no, no. No. You can't get me to commit to this one right now. Not right now, but like just downloading it, then you know it's on your phone. You know it's there. When you want to start using it, you can. Right after this episode, I will download it on my phone. Deal. Shake on it. I don't know if I want to shake on it. Come on. Shake on it. There we go. That was a weak ass handshake. Emma. Yeah, I know. I I'm really scared to, and it's but it's because my hands a bit clammy. So <laughs> <laughs> it was a little clammy. Literally have the clammiest hands in the world. Maybe that's I. Sometimes I will literally like. <laughs> I will I will be lying in bed and I will be doing something on my phone and I cannot hold my phone because of how clammy my hands are. My hands just cramp if I'm holding it for too long. Like I start to get the hand cramp in between like my pinky and my wrist. 
Phones are such an easy distraction, though, you know, because it's like you watch people do things or you you get to connect with other people. You're and like consuming watch- news, entertainment, media. You're educating yourself. Like, you name it. <laughs> but at the same time, you're not doing the work you need to. And, like, honestly, I could write an entire essay about euphoria and everything in it. I haven't even watched the fucking show. I haven't even watched the show, but I've seen all of it. All of it. And I could write an entire essay on that. But could I tell you about how to do some of the basics of journalism right now or want to do that for you? Like 100% no. I mean, you know what? That's totally fair. My thing is I get lost in documentaries about like North Korea and Russia. And I don't know why. I'm not learning anything conducive to my degree pointless facts that no one's ever going to want to talk with me about honestly like it maybe you could become a history major (laughs) I honestly I thought about that after the fact yesterday I was looking at my transcript and I was like what if I switch my major or my sorry my minor to being a history minor like how many more courses would I have to take the answer was it was a lot of courses so I'm definitely not doing it but I would be interested in it but no relevance it's just my way of procrastinating my other, my biggest way of procrastinating, actually, that's a lie. I make to-do lists. I make so many fucking lists. I'll make lists for lists I already have. And you'll send me all the lists sometimes. And sometimes, I'm not going to lie, when you're like, we have this and this and this and this. I'm like, oh my gosh. I only sent you. No, that's so not true. Okay, the only list I sent you. It was during the reading break. was during which, the reading break with which, the rest of our assignments for the year. Not to stress you out. And I literally, I, I acknowledged that in text. I was like, this is not to freak you out. And this is not for you to necessarily use only if you want to. But here is a layout of all of our assignments for the rest of the semester. If you care to keep track, because I do. <laughs> the answer was I did not care to keep track. Well, you did one I'm... of the assignments today. Which you one? You can go in and check it off. Uh, you did a scrum. You did a scrum. It's on the list. Oh, we didn't actually do the scrum today. No, you did the scrum with Jason. It's on the list. Oh, sick. See, you can add a little check mark. It's so, so satisfying. Yeah, very satisfying. I I used to be a I used to be a list person, but then I feel like I I have complete my lists, and you can go into my notes app, and you can find like shit tons of lists that are just left half checked off half of them i you know what to be fair i do that too and that's why i think i make so many lists is because i get distracted with one and i move on to the next and like it's probably really not healthy waste of paper waste of space on my computer too because i also do it in the notes app but it is satisfying it is my way of procrastinating and it does not keep me up at night staring at the ceiling it helps me go to bed because then i know what i need to do for the next day but i'm just a type a person i'm a monica I am fucking Monica. Jeez. Not proud of that one. I'm not going to say. It's fine. Like, I'm proud of it, but like, yeah. The silence. The silence ensues. (laughs) The silence said a lot there. Just you could see like a bar of silence. I was like, I have no way of defending myself in this. But hey, again, if it's not keeping me up at night, I'm not mad about it. Honestly. It's a character quirk, okay? Exactly. If it's that's not all keeping, we'll chalk it up to. Yeah, if you if you're if you're getting sleep, that's what's important, you know. And I think that I think that <laughs> I think there's so many reasons why 
we why we kind of think the way we do or we we act the way we do and i think i think you know sometimes it other people like bother us in the way they do things or we get bothered or we bother other people in the way we do things does that make any sense oh my gosh all the time i like if my for example in my family i have two older sisters and the three of us are very very similar in certain ways but we are also insanely different in more ways and i have one sister who I'm the middle, like my OCD type A piece is the middle. I have another sister who is like far, far on the type A OCD organized spectrum in terms of like, she plans itineraries for weekends away. She like, she has everything listed out for everybody. My other sister go with the flow we don't have tickets didn't even realize we were going to this event today like bless you um so it's just different like all three of us are so different and sometimes when we're like all doing we're on a trip together or something it causes a lot of tension between us because i'm kind of in the middle my one sister's far on one side and my other sister's far on the other And so to get us into a cohesive place where we can like work together to actually do what we want to do or do what we need to do productively is difficult sometimes. I, I, my mom too, it's so funny. My mom and I are so similar in so many ways, but then we're also so different in so many other ways. And so, oh, I realized that that was so, it's so funny because my mom and I are so similar in so many ways, but we're also so different in so many ways. And so I find that it's, both the similarities and the differences that we clash on at the same time, especially if we spend a lot of time together. And I feel like you've noticed it sometimes. It's just like we we both start to kind of get snappy with each other a little bit. And, and it's just like, oh, I noticed that like I do this thing, but my mom also does it and I get annoyed with her, but she'll get annoyed with me at the same time. I think that's funny because you also compare me a lot to your mom. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes the same things that you and your mom get annoyed with each other for, you and I get annoyed with each other for. And it's really funny to see that similarity too, because I I have been, yeah, I have been observant of that over the course of time. You and I, for sure, it's like a lot of the similarities you have with my mom are a lot of the differences you and I have, which is really interesting because you and I get along in different ways than my mom and I do. But it's just so funny that, that, yeah, that I, I can make those connections and I'm like, oh, I get along with this person in this way, but this is the reason I get, I don't get along with them. And I can connect this to this other person or this other person. And it's like, fine, because it's like, I love everybody. But my mom always used, the first time she said this to me, apparently I cried, but she said, I'll always love you. I just don't always like you. See, like, I always say that to people. I think that's so funny. I didn't think that like, I, I guess I grew up with that being said to me. So I didn't realize how somebody could like find that offensive or be hurt by it until you had mentioned to me that your mom did it too. And then I was like, to be fair, I was very young when I was upset about it, but I I completely understand it now, you know? Yeah, no. And like, but my mom used to say it to me too when I was young and I never even like processed that, what that meant. I just kind of like went along with saying it. And now when I reflect back, I'm like, oh, 
that's kind of a fucked up thing to say to people sometimes. Do I still say it to people? Yes. I don't know why. I mean, like, it's, it's because true. it's true. I won't, like, I, I love you. I unconditionally, my family. Perfect example. I, I unfortunately had a, like, family Mis- miscommunication, bickerman, bickerman over my reading break. And in that, it's like, I love them endlessly. I respect them endlessly. But in that moment where we were bickering, none of us liked each other because we're bickering. It's the same thing when you say you're going to do the dishes and you don't do the dishes. And then I'm like, oh, I love her, but like, I don't like her right now. Or the same thing probably when I'm like, Emma, do the dishes. And you're like, I'm going to do the dishes. And you're like, I love her. I really don't like her right now, though. Shut the fuck up, Charlotte. It's so funny because I'm a like... I we were talking about this yesterday. I'm a clean it in one go kind of person. And so maybe it'll take me longer to get to maybe it'll take me longer to get to something, but I'll get to it eventually. But that's not the way that you work. And so it's like it's really interesting to watch that interact sometimes. I used to be such a like one and done clean type person. And I think I'm just slowly starting to realize, especially because we always have people over here that like the apartment gets dirtier quicker and quicker and so like for me i'm like it needs to be clean all the time and i can't one and done it a week anymore i wish i could i feel like it's the it's the carpet it's the carpet and the poops not our poops and our friend's poops but our jasper's poops (laughs) our bunny rabbit's poops he is potty trained but sometimes he has accidents otherwise but our carpet picks up so much of our hair that that is what keeps me up at night staring at the ceiling is the hair from our carpet. It is like all like I'm not proud of it. It's gross, Emma. I, it is disgusting. The other day, you know what the bad thing is, though? The other day when, you know, there was an incident where some gross stuff spilled on the floor and, and it was Jasper's fault and I cleaned it up and I proceeded to like wet a towel and scrub the the mattress or the not the, the mattress the yeah. rug the, the rug, rug that would be what it's called hey and I I scrubbed it and the amount of hair I collected from the mat uh, uh, yeah the mat yeah that's a <laughs> word <laughs> we're I'm really trying, trying to we got carpet <laughs> rug mat mattress like you name it uh how many what are synonyms can i use for the word carpet oh there we go there's a new one uh there we go um i did say carpet but it's okay i'll let you have that moment i didn't say it though (laughs) okay fair enough so you know what but yeah i think it's just it's it's gross sometimes (laughs) it is very very disgusting but um we're getting better at it we vacuum more regularly now yeah i think i think the the cleanliness of my room really changes and it really is a reflection of how i'm doing mentally see now i don't know about you i if my room is clean and my space is clean like if it's clean in our living room and in our kitchen and everything i know i will have a better sleep and i know i will wake up in a better mood or on the right side of the bed just a little bit more than i would have had it not been and i think maybe that's why i'm so anal about it because i actually notice 
that it changes my mood even in the slightest amount. I think that it definitely it does affect my mood, but then I just I get into the I get into the process of of not doing it and then it sticks and it becomes a habit and it's so much easier to just like leave it there than walk the extra couple of steps, you know, and it's like why I can't explain it to you. And then you need to so like on the opposite then cuz like you just need to implement the habit of doing it. Because if not doing it becomes a habit, then doing it can also become a habit, right? And unfortunately, it takes 30 days to build a habit, but it only takes a few days to break one. So in that, that means you have to clean your room for 30 days straight. Maybe not necessarily, but you definitely can't want and done it if that's the way you want to do it. My face right now is probably a very good telltale sign of how I feel about that, but indication that indication I, that, I know that habit will not develop in the next one. Part of me knows that it's not just my stress and that it's just how how I am as a person. That's totally fair, though. <laughs> I mean, everyone needs a little bit of mess or chaos in their life. Like, did you, you ever stay have, perfectly prim? Did you ever have the chair? Oh my gosh. Yes. I think everybody has the chair, the chair as a child, but the chair as a child, like if my lights were off, but my window was slightly open, it would cast a shadow. It'd be the fucking scariest thing ever. Oh my gosh. That is why that chair is the death of everybody because a, it makes your room a mess. B, it's where things go to die. C, it gives you nightmares. I'm not going to lie to you. That little, um, you know how I have a jacket stand in my... I'd be terrified sometimes of Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night to drink water and I look at this like dark shadow in my... Is the that the real reason why you want to move it? You come into my room this morning and you're like, I think I'm going to move the coat rack. Yeah, is the real I'll reason have... because it's giving you nightmares? <laughs> part, maybe part of it is I for sure have woken up and been like, you know what? If this is my death, I'm convinced that I've died and I'm happy. Or I tried to convince myself that, you know. If I get taken out by my coat rack. That's exactly it. But in in the middle of the night, it looks like a dark looming figure that's going to jump on my bed. Late night thoughts that keep you up, man. Late night thoughts that keep you up. They are dangerous sometimes. Conspiracy theories are also ones that I just like endless loop. I'm like, what about this? What if this actually existed? What about this? What will always get me, I think. Do you remember this one? Oh my gosh. Shane Dawson's conspiracy theory that um, Chuck E. Cheese would reserve old pizza slices. Do you remember that? I don't even know if that's a if that's a conspiracy theory or if that's just like a real thing. I feel like that's just a you real thing. You think they actually did? I can did you see the way those oh my pizza gosh, slices that's, that's were exactly cut? what I see when I go to bed. I see those pizza slices in my mind. I close my eyes and I flash back to that Shane Dawson documentary, man. I feel like do you ever remember like creepy pastas or yes. all that kind of stuff slender man yeah yeah do you ever hear about that story oh no that's a bit morbid but you, as a little little kid um goldilocks and the three bears used to keep me up at night red riding hood too especially this and this came out like maybe 2008 maybe i'm really wrong and it came out like 2013 and i was just a freaking pussy but um uh amanda seinfeld seinfred seinfeld yeah. Oh, I remember she, which yeah, one you're talking about. She did Red about. Riding Hood. That one gave me nightmares for like a solid week after. I'm trying to remember. 
about it was a very violent version of little red riding hood i didn't go through this phase but i remember my brother went through um the bloody mary phase oh of my being gosh. absolutely shittered Shitter. to go to the bathroom at night. <laughs> it doesn't happen justin unless you say it if you don't say it it's fine but one time he had um some friends over and he didn't want to do it but they like forced him into the bathroom peer pressure and then they and then they did it they did it but he was in the bathroom and didn't say anything so for weeks after he was scared bloody mary bloody mary bloody Bloody mary uh no i have to look in a mirror though and say it i was never scared of bloody mary i feel like i have that one blessing I, i think that was me too do you remember the momo yes i just Wow, that's it's crazy how how people come up with this stuff. Do you ever think about how people are just like in their in their sleep and they're just like, yeah, this is a great idea to come up with and scare the shit out of people with, you know? I always I was a big Harry Potter fan. So Moaning Myrtle um also did it for me. And my sisters like grew up actually thinking they would get a letter from Hogwarts. And I I grew up actually thinking that a ghost and or a snake like the Chamber of Secrets, would come out of the toilet plumbing while I was sitting on the toilet and just, like, be like, sup, motherfucker? My mom used to be scared of Jaws when that came out, and she was, uh, they used to make parodies of Jaws coming out of the toilet, so that just reminds me of that, because my mom used to be scared to go to the toilet because of Jaws coming out. No, that's totally valid. You know, those, like, movies give us a lot of our fears i think they they intensify or bring to light or just make realer so many of our fears that unfortunately also in turn keep us up late at night why do you think we like to be scared like why do we like watching horror movies why do we like going to haunted houses why do we like playing with ouija boards i think it's because it's like there's a natural desire to, but also I think it's super interesting. Like I think it's it comes a lot from our primates and you can do like research and history into this. But I just remember reading about how like there's 19 different types of smile, but only six of them are for happiness. And it's like the rest illustrate fear because um, chimpanzees, when they steal food from superiors in their like from like their leaders or like nobility within their like clan they'll like run away and they'll have this like smirky grimace on their face but that's actually a fear not like of sneakiness or like accomplishment or anything like that so i think a part of it is like as much as we're in fear of it we enjoy it i think too like thinking about that i feel like it's a controlled fear yeah so we have control of it if that, not always but yes but in in a sense we know what we're getting into we know we're going to be scared we're looking to get scared versus when fear comes in our real lives it's not necessarily something we're seeking out it's not something we're necessarily looking for you know what i mean by that i fully agree with that yeah i think it's that it's that ability to control what's going on and i think we as humans love control even if we feel like oh i can just let it all go that sounded like a weird accent that let it all go (laughs) you're you're channeling your pre-saint patty's day accent let it all go and just and just be free-spirited and whatever but i feel like control 
of something or someone or you I know, think that's it's so just, funny because then you don't get it when you go before like right before you go to bed. You lose all that control, right? And I think that's such a funny like kind of comparison to make that like human beings crave this control and control over their fears and things like that. But then there's this weak, vulnerable moment right before you shut your eyes and you're completely helpless basically to the rest of the world where these anxieties, these fears just really manifest themselves and like in your psyche play on the back burner enough that you can't just rest. You can't be at peace. I think another thing that's really interesting too is our fear. Uh, I, I think a lot of people are afraid of co- confrontation in some form or another. And I think the reason for that is because of the lack of control that you have over what the other person does. And again, that's a talk of control and being able to be like, I want this to go in the way I want this to go. And that never happens. That's why things don't go the way we want them to go sometimes because of that lack of control of other factors or other variables in the situation.